Section 8 of Man and Wife. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Man and Wife by Wilkie Collins. First Scene. Chapter the Fifth. The Plan. She took his hand, and began with all the art of persuasion that she possessed. One question, Geoffrey, before I say what I want to say. Lady Lundy has invited you to stay at Windygates. Do you accept her invitation, or do you go back to your brother's in the evening? I can't go back in the evening. They've put a visitor into my room. I'm obliged to stay here. My brother has done it on purpose. Julius helps me when I'm hard up, and bullies me afterward. He has sent me here on duty for the family. Somebody must be civil to Lady Lundy, and I'm the sacrifice. She took him up at his last word. "'Don't make the sacrifice,' she said. "'Apologize to Lady Lundy, and say you are obliged to go back.' "'Why?' "'Because we must both leave this place to-day.' There was a double objection to that. If he left Lady Lundy's, he would fail to establish a future pecuniary claim on his brother's indulgence. And if he left with Anne, the eyes of the world would see them, and the whispers of the world might come to his father's ears. "'If we go away together,' he said, "'good-bye to my prospects.' and yours too i don't mean that we shall leave together she explained we will leave separately and i will go first there will be a hue and cry after you when you are missed there will be a dance when the croquet is over i don't dance and i shall not be missed there will be time and opportunity to get to my own room i shall leave a letter there for lady lundy and a letter her voice trembled for a moment and a letter for blanche don't interrupt me i have thought of this as i have thought of everything else the confession i shall make will be the truth in a few hours if it's not the truth now my letters will say i am privately married and called away unexpectedly to join my husband there will be a scandal in the house i know but there will be no excuse for sending after me when i am under my husband's protection so far as you are personally concerned there are no discoveries to fear and nothing which is not perfectly safe and perfectly easy to do wait here an hour after i have gone to save appearances and then follow me follow you interposed geoffrey where she drew her chair nearer to him and whispered the next words in his ear to a lonely little mountain inn four miles from this an inn why not an inn is a public place a movement of unnatural impatience escaped her, but she controlled herself, and went on as quietly as before. The place I mean is the loneliest place in the neighbourhood. You have no prying eyes to dread there. I have picked it out expressly for that reason. It's away from the railway. It's away from the high road. It's kept by a decent, respectable Scotch woman. Decent, respectable Scotch women who keep inns, interposed Geoffrey. Don't cotton to young ladies who are travelling alone. The landlady won't receive you. It was a well-aimed objection, but it missed the mark. A woman bent on her marriage is a woman who can meet the objections of the whole world, single-handed, and refute them all. I have provided for everything, she said, and I have provided for that. I shall tell the landlady I am on my wedding trip. I shall say my husband is sightseeing, on foot, among the mountains in the neighbourhood. "'She is sure to believe that,' said Geoffrey. "'She is sure to disbelieve it, if you like. Let her. 
you have only to appear and to ask for your wife and there is my story proved to be true she may be the most suspicious woman living as long as i am alone with her the moment you join me you set her suspicions at rest leave me to do my part my part is the hard one will you do yours it was impossible to say no she had fairly cut the ground from under his feet he shifted his ground anything rather than say yes i suppose you know how we are to be married he asked all i can say is i don't you do she retorted you know that we are in scotland you know that there are neither forms ceremonies nor delays in marriage here the plan i have proposed to you secures my being received at the inn and makes it easy and natural for you to join me there afterward the rest is in our own hands a man and a woman who wish to be married in scotland have only to secure the necessary witnesses and the thing is done if the landlady chooses to resent the deception practised on her after that the landlady may do as she pleases we shall have gained our object in spite of her and what is more we shall have gained it without risk to you don't lay it all on my shoulders geoffrey rejoined you women go headlong at everything say we are married we must separate afterward or how are we to keep it a secret certainly you will go back of course to your brother's house as if nothing had happened and what is to become of you i shall go to london what are you to do in london haven't i already told you that i have thought of everything when i get to london i shall apply to some of my mother's old friends friends of hers in the time when she was a musician everybody tells me i have a voice if i had only cultivated it i will cultivate it i can live and live respectably as a concert singer i have saved money enough to support me while i am learning and my mother's friends will help me for her sake so in the new life that she was marking out was she now unconsciously reflecting in herself the life of her mother before her here was the mother's career as a public singer chosen in spite of all efforts to prevent it by the child here though with other motives and under other circumstances was the mother's irregular marriage in ireland on the point of being followed by the daughter's irregular marriage in scotland and here stranger still was the man who was answerable for it the son of the man who had found the flaw in the irish marriage and had shown the way by which her mother was thrown on the world my anne is my second self she is not called by the, her father's name she is called by mine she is anne sylvester as i was will she end like me the answer to those words the last words that had trembled on the dying mother's lips was coming fast through the chances and changes of many years the future was pressing near and anne sylvester stood on the brink of it well she resumed are you at the end of your objections can you give me a plain answer at last no he had another objection ready as the words passed her lips suppose the witnesses at the inn happen to know me he said suppose it comes to my father's ears in that way suppose you drive me to my death she retorted starting to her feet your father shall know the truth in that case i swear it he rose on his side and drew back from her she followed him up there was a clapping of hands at the same moment on the lawn somebody had evidently made a brilliant stroke which promised to decide the game there was no security now that blanche might not return again 
there was every prospect, the game being over, that Lady Lundy would be free. Anne brought the interview to its crisis, without wasting a moment more. "'Mr. Geoffrey Delamayn,' she said, "'you have bargained for a private marriage, and I have consented. Are you, or are you not, ready to marry me on your own terms?' "'Give me a minute to think!' "'Not an instant. Once for all, is it yes or no?' He couldn't say yes even then. But he said what was equivalent to it. He asked, savagely, "'Where is the inn?' She put her arm in his, and whispered rapidly, "'Pass the road on the right that leads to the railway. Follow the path over the moor and the sheep-track up the hill. The first house you come to after that is the inn. You understand?' He nodded his head with a sullen frown, and took his pipe out of his pocket again. "'Let it alone this time,' he said, meeting her eye. "'My mind's upset. When a man's mind's upset, a man can't smoke. What's the name of the place?' "'Craig Fernie. Who am I to ask for at the door? For your wife. Suppose they want you to give your name when you get there. If I must give a name, I shall call myself Mrs. instead of Miss Sylvester. But I shall do my best to avoid giving any name. And you will do your best to avoid making a mistake, by only asking for me as your wife. Is there anything else you want to know?' "'Yes. Be quick about it. What is it?' How am I to know you have got away from here? If you don't hear from me in half an hour from the time when I have left you, you may be sure I have got away. Hush! Two voices in conversation were audible at the bottom of the steps, Lady Lundy's voice and Sir Patrick's. Anne pointed to the door in the back wall of the summer-house. She had just pulled it to again after Geoffrey had passed through it when Lady Lundy and Sir Patrick appeared at the top of the steps. End of section 8 Read by Tony Foster